welcome back to another episode of the Villa Society podcast, where we analyse the latest fixtures featuring Aston Villa and we discuss the key moments that influence the game. I'm your host, Paul James, and today we'll be talking about the 1-0 home victory we ground out against Fulham at Villa Park. But before we start, I would really love it if you could subscribe to this podcast or give it a follow. Even better if you could give it a cheeky review or some star ratings on Spotify or Apple. It would really, really help give us more exposure and in turn be able to create more content. For anyone who's done this already from the last episode, I really, really appreciate it. And for anyone who does it after listening to this, thank you very much. It's a great help. So thanks. So today's episode, we'll be looking at the game between Aston Villa and Fulham and just a crucial win picking up those three points that we really needed after playing Brentford uh, in a really difficult game. So we've gone from 17th to 5th in the table and it's really an incredible run. I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, I think we just need to enjoy this form of winning and winning ugly sometimes. It's just been a great season, whatever happens now, you know, if we drift down the table a little bit, it's okay, we've had a great season. I think it's just we're in a great position going into next season. Especially with a manager like this and having a pre-season and some summer signings to bed in as well. I think it's just really bodes well for next year. And something I wanted to talk about that I haven't heard many people in the media talk about at all. But I think going from 17th to 5th, it's pretty incredible. And I think it's due to Emery. He's a smart guy. He does a lot of analysis. He does lots of video analysis. We all know. We've all read the articles about him um, showing the players videos of their own game and analysing it in a lot of detail analysing the opposition and that kind of stuff. So he would have analysed this Aston Villa squad in a lot of detail. And I think he knew it was vastly underperforming. I think he knew, looking at the squad, that he could turn things around. I'm not saying that he hasn't gone above and beyond where we thought we'd be after this many games when he's in the job. But I think he was shrewd enough to identify that this Villa squad had a lot of quality and it could be coached and to perform well. And we've seen that. He's the manager that we've needed for a long time, a proper world-class manager and a manager a club like Aston Villa deserves as well. So I think it was crucial that we picked up a win after the Brentford game. Brentford game was a tough game, away game at Brentford. They play some good football. They're a good side. It was good to pick up a point against them actually because they were so on top. But I think it was really important that we got back to winning ways at home here. So it was Tyro Ming's goal that secured the win, eighth victory in 10 Premier League matches. So let's dive in. Let's have a look at the stats first in Stats Blast. Aston Villa climbed to fifth place in the Premier League, just one point above Tottenham. Tyrone Mings scored the match-winning goal in the 21st minute, assisted by John McGinn's corner. Fulham only had one significant chance in the game, with Andreas Pierre's acrobatic strike in the opening minute. Aston Villa have now scored in all 20 of their Premier League games under Unai Emery. Villa currently on a 10-match unbeaten run. So that covers Stats Blast this episode. Let's take a look at the game. So watching this game, it was actually quite a hard watch, I'm not going to lie. It, was, um, it wasn't the greatest game. The game started and, and Fulham gave us that, that a bit of a shock early on, an early scoring from uh, Pierre's acrobatic effort, kind of volleyed it just past the post. And I thought at that point, oh, Fulham might be up for this. They might be a difficult game, but... They seem to be on holiday a little bit, Fulham. I think, you know, they're in mid-table. They haven't got that much to play for. And I think maybe that fed into it a a bit. And also, maybe Villa had got one eye on the game at the weekend on Sunday against Manchester United as well. We seemed a bit tired. And I was worried about this when the lineup came out because I thought 
after the Brentford game, it was only on Saturday and we're playing on Tuesday. I thought maybe we've got some some tired legs there. Maybe Emery will change it a little bit. Maybe he'll swap a couple of players out. But the team was the same. Ashley Young was still in there. He's probably tired at 38, you know, playing on Saturday and Tuesday. So uh, I thought he might change it up, but he didn't. And um, yeah, we did look a bit lethargic. We didn't seem to get out of first gear. It seemed like we were going through the motions a little bit this time around. I think the first half we did okay. Second half we didn't do too much, but I think maybe that was due to getting a goal fairly early on, 21st minute. And the goal came through Tyrone Mings. Great cross by John McGinn. I think it's been worked on on the training ground and Mings is there at the near post on the corner of the six-yard box and he's just flicked it into that far post. Classic kind of near post header into the back of the net and we're 1-0 up. And then that stage, we're kind of keeping the ball, passing it around a bit and just uh, just taking it quite easy in this game. I didn't see us going for the jugular and trying to go 2-0 up or 3-0 up. Perhaps we thought we'd get to the halftime at 1-0 and then in the second half, we pick them off again, maybe go 2-0 up and then the game's done. But um, yeah, it didn't seem like a great performance. It wasn't a great spectacle to watch. But having said that, I think it was just important to grind out the three points at the end of the day. And the goal was a little bit of a hint that maybe our set-piece coach is having an influence on the game as well. But the overall, it's a pretty hard watch. Fulham threatened once in the whole game. So you look at the stats, I think they only had they had one shot on target for the whole game. I mean, if that was Villa, I'd be pretty angry that we only had one shot on target. It's a pretty poor effort, really. But maybe it's because Fulham haven't got a great deal to play for and... Uh, yeah, Villa were just happy to kind of go through the motions and, and get that 1-0 over the line. I think also in these games, like when we haven't played that well recently, Ollie Watkins hasn't been in the game. So I said in a previous podcast, you know, Watkins was on fire at that stage. He was scoring lots of goals. And I was saying, yeah, Ollie Watkins is doing great, but he's he's not the same player as Benteke. He needs the team to play well as well around him for him to get goals. So he had um, not many chances in this game. He had one chance in the 73rd minute. He went through and I think he... Defender did quite well actually to keep up with him. He tried to take it onto his left and get a bit of space and then have a shot. He got that bit of space, but he, he had the shot and then the defender got his leg in the way and it kind of came off his leg and went high over the bar. He was screaming at the referee for a corner because it clearly came off a defender there, but for some reason he didn't give it. And, you know, the referee had a bit of a mixed game. I think it was his sixth game um, in charge of a Premier League game. So a bit of inexperience there and there's some strange decisions going on including uh, the penalty shout. I think Watkins got clattered inside the box and it, it looked like it went out for a corner as well, but I think he got clattered. He went straight through him. Maybe he got a touch on the ball. Maybe that's why he's not given it, but it looks like, uh, you know, VR should have had a good look at it. I don't think they did. So yeah, there's some strange refereeing decisions in this game that probably due to inexperience. So I'm not going to have a massive go at the referee because I think, you know, he's got to get a few more games under his belt first. But yeah, there were some strange decisions that, didn't always go our way in this game. Fulham did have the ball in the back of the net. It was a ball put over the top. They got down the wing and crossed it and Mings kind of tried to block it and he went into the back of the net, but he was way, way offside. So I don't know why the flag never goes up. You know, this rule is really frustrating. One day someone's going to get a proper injury and the flag should have gone up. But, you know, this is this is how they they deal with the technology at the moment. So it is the way it is. So the 1-0 win against Fulham, it takes us a step closer to Europe and the dream of being in Europe. I just hope um, we can recharge for the upcoming game against Manchester United on Sunday and uh, come back stronger for that game because we're going to need a better showing than we saw against Fulham at Villa Park, I think. 
you know, we ground it out and that's fair play. We're, we're winning when we're not playing well and, and that's a great sign of a great team. You see anyone who wins the Premier League, they've usually had a few games here and there where they've not been playing well, but they still ground out a result. Having said that, I think Fulham were on holiday a little bit. So now we're going to have a look at the three key aspects of this game. We're going to have a look at Mingzi's decisive header and Villa's set-piece magic. And we're going to have a look at... The Emery effect from relegation zone to European dream. And we're also going to have a look at Villa's dominance and defence. So it's Tyrone Ming's delightful 21st minute header from a corner that gave us the win. The ball was whipped in by John McGinn with his left foot. And Tyrone Mings peeled off to that edge of that six yard box and flicked it to the far corner. And Buendia was running in, but I think he was offside, so he got out of the way of the ball and made sure he didn't touch it. And it was 1-0 to Villa. The goal not only brought about three points, but it moved us up to the dizzy heights of fifth place in the Premier League. We're winning ugly, and I think that's okay. It wasn't the greatest game, but we've got the job done. And three points, and we can move on to Manchester United. I think we can't play superb football every week. I think after the Newcastle game, we were all maybe expecting Villa to be playing some more decisive, cutting-edge football every week. But the opponent is different every week and I think also the game plan is different with Emery every week. So some games will be cagey, some might be dull, but there's going to be games where we blow the opposition away. And I think, fingers crossed, that's going to happen on Sunday. So Unai Emery, he's made set pieces a training ground priority and he's been getting heavily involved to make sure we're equipped to take advantage of these opportunities. I think set-piece coach Austin McPhee has become more important in the team's success with Emery giving him more freedom to instruct from the technical area on match days. You can see this in our defending as well. Like If you have a look at how many corners Newcastle had and how dominant we were in the air and winning the ball in the box, I think we've really been working on the defensive side of set-pieces. I think we've had more buy-in from key figures like Douglas Louise and John McGinn spending time on their deliveries. If you can see John McGinn's delivery in this game is superb. He whipped it in several times into that box and eventually Ming's got his head in it, head on it and it was in the back of the net. So I think the focus on set pieces, it's given us a little bit of cutting edge in terms of corners and I think defending corners as well. So I think Austin McPhee's earning his uh, wage at the moment. So I saw another stat a few days ago and it was said 46 league goals that Villa have scored this season. More than a quarter, 26% have come from set pieces. So these must have come from corners or like a knockdown off a set piece or something like that because I haven't seen us score that many free kicks directly. So I've seen Dean against Everton scored with his left foot and he curled into that bottom right-hand corner. But I haven't seen anyone else really score directly from a free kick that I can remember. So yeah, we must be scoring from corners and doing some good set pieces in that way. But I'd love to see us score more directly from free kicks as well. We've got quality like Douglas Louise, Buendia, Dean as well. He can take free kicks. And I'd just like to see some fly in the top corner now and again. But we haven't really had that ability uh, for a long time I haven't seen us score those goals so I said we see them on the training ground but I'd love to see them in a match so let's hope that starts to come to fruition I think we've really improved at the back and really tightened things up especially from corners so that's probably credit to Austin McPhee for doing that we seem to be quite dominant in the air from these corners and we've kept five clean sheets in a row at home and only conceded 
twice from open play in the last 10 games. So defence is doing really well. Mings and Konza are particularly doing really well. I'm really impressed with how they are keeping possession and playing the ball around. Those are two players that I would have said, these guys can't play out from the back. They they launch it long all the time. It just a few seasons ago and like look at them now, they're playing it around the back with confidence. They're happy to hold on to the ball. And that, that must be down to Emery's coaching. So fair play to those players for improving because... I never thought we would have those players playing so well, playing possession football around the back. So Emery's also recognised the importance of reducing the number of corners. So he's he's looking at the stats and he's thinking, if we can reduce the number of corners, then we're less likely to concede a goal. And then he's also tightening it up from corners as well. So he, I think he's really valuing having a set-piece coach. And it's interesting that Austin McPhee, he's been there through various managers since Dean Smith. So there's something about what he's doing that adds an element to the game. And I think Emery's really appreciating that, you know, there's analytics and data behind this and it will help us to grind out results and win games. And the win over Fulham was a great example of this. We won 1-0 from a set piece. It was a training ground move. John McGinn whipped the ball into the near post. Mings is there. He's not there by accident. It's been planned on the training ground. He's moved away from his marker to that near post, just the corner of the six-yard box, and he's flicked that to the far post where Buendia's following it up. Yeah, maybe Buendia doesn't touch it, but on the training ground, he's there just in case it comes off a defender or the keeper gets an arm on it, or he's waiting to follow that ball up and put it in the back of the net. So this has been practiced, and it won us the game. So fair play to Austin McPhee for coming up with these set pieces and some of them coming off. I'd like to see more working. Um, I think it's working defensively. We seem to be very solid against set pieces. So yeah, fair play to him. He seems to be earning his corn. So let's have a look at the next key aspect, the Emery effect from relegation to European dream. So when Unai Emery took over, we were languishing in 17th place, just hovering above that relegation zone. And he's orchestrated a super impressive 10 match unbeaten run which includes eight victories. With his focus of playing under pressure, he's really pushed us to compete in the against top-tier opposition and really push on and target that European qualification. I mean, can you believe the eight players that played tonight in the Fulham game, if you're listening to this on a different day, started in that 3-0 loss against Fulham under Gerrard? You know, it's the same players, pretty much. It's a, the same team apart from three players. It's incredible. And that's good coaching and a good manager. And now we're on an unbeaten run of 10 games. So the game was really kind of a weird game. Fulham kind of sat back and didn't offer much at all. One shot on target. I mean, it's not a lot, is it? And Villa really didn't seem to get out of first gear. I'm not sure whether we were conserving energy for the game against Man United on Sunday or maybe just tired. I mean, can a team conserve energy? Maybe they can if a team like Fulham come to Villa Park and they're on holiday a little bit. Their season's kind of petering out and they're going through the motions. I think maybe we could sit back and just have that 1-0 buffer and, and play the game out and rest our legs for the next game. But I'm not sure it's that easy, but I guess Fulham made it easier for us to sit back. And I noticed in the game, it was, it was kind of weird. Like I think it was Konza or Mings. They got the ball. Uh, midway through our own half and just stood there and they didn't really move they just trapped the ball and they, it must have been like 30 seconds until a Fulham player even tried to approach them it was really odd it was uh, 
And the crowd were kind of really quiet because they were just stood there with the ball and you know what the crowd's like at Villa Park. They want a bit of action. They want us to go forward. And if we don't, they grumble a little bit. But I just found it amazing that he just stood there not doing anything. You don't see it often in the Premier League. They usually pass the ball quite quickly. But I think it was Mings or Konza where they just sat there with the ball waiting for Fulham to come on to us. And that's fair enough. We were 1-0 up. It just kind of epitomised the game, really. It was like no one was in a rush to do anything. It seemed really odd. Especially when you watched um, one of the games tonight. I watched uh, Liverpool and West Ham and they were both going at it. And no one had tired legs or anything like that. So it was it was a complete contrast to watching Aston Villa versus Fulham. So let's hope that the team have got a bit more energy for that game against United on Sunday because we want a kind of Newcastle display that we had the 3-0 win. We want a bit more cutting edge. I think it might play into our hands a little bit playing United at Old Trafford because United are going to come up at us and then, you know, we're going to have a bit of a counter-attack on there. We're going to try and get between the lines and be a bit more a bit more adventurous, I think. And uh, I think it, that's the time where we're most interesting to watch. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that is the case and it's not a repeat of this Fulham game where, you know, everyone's going through the motions. But I don't see why we would because both teams got a little bit to play for. So hopefully it'll be a good game. So on to the third key aspects, Villa's dominance and defence. So Villa had 14 shots in this game, eight inside the box and six outside the box. I can't remember most of them because the game wasn't that entertaining. I can remember a few of them, but you know they must have been blocked or off target. I don't even remember. They, they must have been, let me have a look. Okay, so yeah, there were 14 shots, four shots off target for Villa, three shots on target, seven blocked shots. So we did have a few shots there blocked eight inside the box, six outside the box. But Fulham, they had one shot in total and one shot off target. That must have been Pierre's in the first few minutes. Yeah, one shot inside the box was that. Their expected goals was uh, 0.10. And uh, Villa's, it was a lot better than that, but it wasn't great either. It was 1.02. Just enough to win the game there. Yeah, Villa were pretty dominant. and It was a strange game to watch because um, it just didn't seem like Fulham were really ever going to score against us, really. They got the other goal, uh, goal uh, disallowed, but it was so, so far offside that you know most of the players had stopped anyway. So overall, just not a great spectacle, not a great game to watch, but Emery will be happy that the game wasn't end-to-end and it wasn't full-on and really tiring game for our players after playing Brentford and that being a full-on pretty physical game so hopefully our players will be well rested for Sunday especially because we don't have a lot of players to rotate so hopefully they'll be back fit I think Ashley Young was playing through the pain barrier in this game I think we saw him like get to the sideline and have a pill and a drink of water painkiller or something so he was back on the pitch playing but I think he came off shortly after that he was substituted um, we've got some crucial matches coming up we've got Spurs I think I'm going to that one at Villa Park. Got Liverpool at Anfield and Brighton as well. So some tricky games, but I think like we do play quite well against the uh, the teams in the top half of the table. So fingers crossed and this running will get will pick up a lot of points. So Marco Silva was reflecting on the game and he said, first half was not good enough from ourselves. We were too shy, not aggressive enough. We conceded a completely sloppy goal. The first half was not at our level, the standards. So he wasn't particularly happy with how they played, but they didn't seem in any urgency to do anything in this game. And yeah, he conceded a sloppy goal, but yeah, they should have probably been picking Mings up a bit tighter, but it's also a well-drilled routine on from the training ground. So difficult to stop if it's well executed. Fulham did press a little bit in the second half. I think 
you know, they had to come and, and show something. They did press a little bit, but didn't really concern us at all, as you can see from the, the stats of, from the shots. So it was um, a kind of comfortable game, but also one that just wasn't wasn't exciting at all. And it wasn't, uh, wasn't an advert for the Premier League, let's say. But needless to say, I don't really care. It's all about picking up those three points. And I was happy just to be coasting through this game without really at any point really being worried that Fulham were going to get back into it. Yeah, it's about the result. We can't always be playing amazing cutting edge football and winning three or four nil or whatever. So, you know, sometimes we just got to win one nil. I think it's fine. Like like the Arsenal used to do back in the day, one nil to the Arsenal. I think grinding out a one nil victory isn't a bad thing. It breeds winning. And I think that's what we're doing at the moment. We're winning and winning ugly. We've done that it's against Forest as well. Forest sat so deep, but we managed to grind a win out against them without playing amazing football. I mean, Forest didn't allow us to. So we won ugly there as well. And we won ugly in this game and we got a point ugly at Brentford as well. So I think these signs are really promising that we're, we're turning into a, a team with grit and and spirit and we're really grinding out those results and picking up points, which in previous sides of Villa sides, they we probably wouldn't have done that. We would have lost the game or drawn the game because, you know, we're not focused enough and determined enough to pick up those points. So I was just really happy to see a more resilient Aston Villa who can grind out results, they can win ugly, and we don't roll over anymore. Not just this game. This game was like, it was we had to get the job done and get the three points, and it didn't matter whether it was entertaining or not. And the same against Brentford, just fighting back and getting that point away from home against Brentford. It just showed a resilience and a spirit in the team and a different Aston Villa for what, from what we've seen before. And it's testament to the job Henry's done, really. And also the improvement in set pieces, not just scoring them like Mings did against Fulham, but also defending them. I think it's something I've got to keep my eye on, but it seems like we're defending them a lot better. Also, just being composed at the back and defending well. Mings, Konza, I never thought these players would be players that could play out from the back, and they can, and they can defend well as well. So they've had incredible seasons, especially since Emery's been in charge. So just playing there and playing balls out into midfield, playing balls to the fullbacks and stuff, it's just incredible to see the improvement and just what some world-class coaching does to a team like Aston Villa. So there's so much to look forward to, I think, going forward with this manager and, and the way he's got the team playing. I'm really excited for the last few, last five games of the season and especially Sunday against Manchester United. Hopefully we can get the three points there. So that's about all for today's episode of the Villa Society. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoyed the Fulham game. I know it wasn't that entertaining, but you've got to relish those points and look forward to going to our next game against Manchester United and our push for European football. So don't forget to give us a follow and a cheeky review would be so much appreciated. We'll be back after the Manchester United game with another review. Hopefully a more entertaining game and more talking points. But yeah, all the best. Have a great week and we'll see you there. Up the Villa. Up the Villa.